and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galling. And this is our monthly podcast where we explore the celestial landscape for the month, what's happening in the stars. We have a tarot card to fit the vibe, all with that eye towards inspiration and helping you to lead a more conscious life. So hello, Stephanie. Hello, Megan. It is September. I don't know what happened to the summer. I can't believe that we're actually moving into fall energies already. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Like the summer just come, it comes in and comes out like a blink. Right. And of course, summer, or no, excuse me, fall doesn't officially start for a few weeks now on the uh, 21st of the month. But I think we're already, no, not on the 21st. On no. the 23rd this on year, the actually. the 23rd this year. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. So, but we're already starting to feel those kind of fall energies, the shift, because this month starts out with, of course, Virgo energies. We've got a lot of planets in Virgo. We'll talk about that. But I'd also like to share, we came up with a theme for September based on what's happening with the planets. And that theme is what is real and what is not. And that is because I, we feel like the planets this month are really asking us to look at some of our concepts around reality. Again, what is real and what is not. So we'll get into that theme in just a moment. But let's start out and talk about the Virgo energies that start the month. Virgo is grounded. It's an earth sign. It's practical. It's discerning. Virgo is all about keeping it real. Yeah, and so until the 23rd, the sun is in Virgo, and like you said, there's a bunch of other planets that are there as well, and as September opens, we're just two days into a new cycle, a new lunar cycle, because on August 30th, we had the Virgo new moon. So as September begins, we are again in this beginning phase, mm -hmm. in a waxing lunar phase where it's all about things growing, mm -hmm. right? Seeding planting intentions for things to grow it can be in any area of your life. But given that it's a Virgo new moon, it may be related to systems that will help you organize your life more, right? Things that we want to craft. Yes. You know, whether it be cooking or crafts projects or other ways that we create more order, right? And we focus upon the detail so that mm -hmm. we can hone the whole. Yes. And you're talking about the new moon that happened, you know, back in August. And, you know, also when I think about Virgo energies, I think about harvest, yeah. you know, I think about, you know, the harvesting of the wheat and, you know, and it's that really kind of abundant time where we, you know, start to really kind of manifest like the seeds that we've planted and we start to see, you know, how they've grown and what they've become. Also, of course, in September, the shift in energy, we, you know, we look at going back to school, whether you're going back to school, your kids are going back to school. There's that mindset of like wanting to hunker in a little bit and the devil's in the details. And so there's that, that very Virgo shift. Yeah. 
And I always feel too like that whole theme of like going back to school, right? <laughs> Whether we're we're not going back to school or we don't have kids that are going back to school, like what are we going back to? Most that renewed mm. sense of the practice. Yes. You know, and also it always feels like this time, like, okay, summer's pretty much over, reattending to yes. our goals and our visions, especially because with Virgo, it's one of the signs that's really connected to health and well-being. Mm-hmm. Right. So recommitting and reaffirming affirming to our health and our wellness goals and the practices and rituals and routines, which is very Virgo, that can help to support that. Yes, that's all very Virgo. So let's talk about one of the big highlights this month that's happening astrologically, and that is on September 13th. We have a full moon in Pisces, and this full moon is packed. It's a packed and loaded full moon. There's a lot going on with it. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, especially (laughs) when we're in this, like, Virgo time of, like, the details, right? A lot of people have been saying to me, like, oh, yeah, the, the full moon on the 14th. And I'm like, no, wait, the full moon's on the 13th. Just so everybody knows, on the East Coast in the United States, it actually happens just after midnight. So it is on the 14th there. In other places in the United States, it's on the 13th. Depending upon where you are on the globe, it's either on the 13th or the 14th. So just to that detail, yeah, that Virgo, so Virgo detail. View. Very good. Very good. So the annual Pisces full moon brings up that alignment between Virgo and Pisces. Yes. Virgo, the form, mm-hmm. and Pisces, the unformed. Yes. Virgo, the discreet and yes. the discernible, and Pisces, the ever-flowing and <laughs> unitive. Yes. And trying to find that balance between and the honoring of both of that. Right. So Virgo's the earth sign and and Pisces is the water sign. And ultimately, if we can integrate the two, what what a great balance. And, you know, the thing about this Pisces full moon is that it's joined by Neptune and Neptune is the Pisces planet. So this is like a Pisces moon on steroids a little bit. It's so Pisces and Neptunian. And, you know, Neptune, of course, is the god of the universal sea. And it's where we all come together. We merge together. We dissolve into the collective where we're all one. So there's a real strong, watery, dissolving energy that's happening with this. Yeah. On the one hand, it's like, right, we're pulled into that. Yes. But then on the other side, <laughs> there's the Virgo planet. Wait the a minute. Sun. Virgo's like, wait a minute. Yeah, don't go where too you far. <laughs> you know, there's that sun in Virgo. And also on this year for this full moon, that sun in Virgo is joined by Mars. Yes. Yes. So that adds a whole host of different layers. Again, how do we have communication and alliance between the I'm dissolving and I'm connecting to everything? (laughs) And there's no separation, all the Neptune and Pisces, with that Virgo of the desire for the identifiable parts. Yes. And sort of the honoring of that. And it's like, wait, I already am feeling all this Virgo, not even the Virgo energy, that Pisces and Neptune energy, like, wait, where's my words? I'm trying to, like, get into this thing. It's, it's a little Pisces, you know, can get very overwhelmed because Pisces is so open to those bigger universal energies. And the sun with Mars is, like, packed Ow. 
pow, yeah. fight, dynamic. champion, that dynamic yeah. energy. <laughs> We're like, Whoa, yes. I just see our faces. <laughs> and there's also on the one side of the table, there's that like, go, curate, you know, champion, strategize. And then the other side <laughs> is the like, who, me? Do I just want to like sit back by the ocean and just like read Rumi? You know, like, <laughs> so, and how would it bring those together, right? The rational and the imaginative. The... Exactly. I just want to sit, sit on the beach and dissolve a little bit into my dreams and fantasies. And Pisces and Neptune have so much to do with imagining and the dreams. And Pisces also, of course, uh, rules, you know, love and compassion. And Pisces also connects us to the spiritual realm. So when we think about Pisces, it's interesting you bring up Rumi. And one of my favorite Rumi poems is Work in the Invisible World. And he talks about work in the invisible as least as hard as you do in the visible. And when I think about Pisces and Neptune together, I think about, now that's the invisible world, the non-tangible, whether it's deeper feelings or your connection to spirit or those dreams and imaginings that aren't all always, quote, real. They're not always tangible, which is going to drive Virgo nuts, but they're potent and they're powerful. So this could be a time where maybe like what you're saying with that Virgo energy, we bring some structure to exploring our dreams and exploring our imaginings or setting up a spiritual practice or process where we can connect into those potent energies. Yeah. And I think it's really important to bring both of those sides to the table. If not, there's going to be a tug of war. Yes. Right? Yes. This tug of war between like, no, I just sort of want to like <laughs> check out or I just want to sort of drift. And between that and like, no, work, attend to being productive, yes. attend to the details. And we don't want to set up that warring, especially because there's Mars is so strong and there is that chance for that warring. Yes. So the way to have both of those come together may be, as you're saying, like, how can we bring our, our mind that's more oriented to systems, to organizing, to creating structure, creating practices mm -hmm. towards our desire to open to the infinite, to the mm -hmm. invisible. Yes, yes. You know, and honoring that we, for our health and our well-being, yes. we need both. It's not just enough to attend to our physical structures and our symptoms, even knowing that like the thigh bones connected to the hip bone connected <laughs> to the, you know, to work on that, yes, but also how our emotional well-being, mm -hmm. the power of our thoughts, yes. the power of gratitude is so important for well-being and it is the marriage of both. I love that you're bringing that up. I think that is so powerful because, you know, I think think often when we think about health and well-being, we think about the physicality, yeah. which is so Virgo, right? But what you're bringing up is our emotional and spiritual and our creative well-being is such an important part of that equation. And maybe ultimately these two energies can work together very well to put some structure around that. Yeah. 
I just had this thought about an experience I had that feels like it would be really reflective of this is that with my little stepdaughter, yes. we did this craft project the other day, which also felt very Virgo. <laughs> right. But yet what occurred, it was this craft project related to Thumbelina. So this sort of fantastical. Oh, the fairy the thumb, fa- oh, Thumbelina. And so it brought, it was like this craft. So I was cutting very precisely, but yet it allowed us to give structure to the imaginative world. World and it allowed her imagination to open up into this beautiful way. So that also feels like how can you do something that you are paying attention to form in the details, which is invoking and inviting in the dream, the fantasy, the imagination, which also can be very healing. I love that. I love that. Stephanie, that is so good. And not only that, we got to talk about Thumbelina. I mean, like, when was the last time you talked about Thumbelina? I think that is a perfect analogy. So speaking about structure and form, we have the next week another big event. And that is Saturn, not goes direct, Saturn stations to go direct. Yeah, it's so interesting because, again, it repeats what you shared about this question of what is reality? Because on the one hand, we have this very strong Saturn invitation during the week that we also have (laughs) this very strong, we're going to get to in a minute, Neptune invitation, right? Yes, yes. So Saturn stationing direct twice a year, a planet like Saturn shifts directions Mm -hmm. to go retrograde or to go direct. And what it does, it appears to slow down in the sky. And we feel this concentration of the invitation of what that planet is beckoning. So when it comes to Saturn, Saturn being all about Reality. Reality. (laughs) Hello, reality. (laughs) About bones. Like, what is this made out of? Structure. Structure. Sustainability. Is this in alignment? Is this real? Does this work? Mm -hmm. So it feels like one of the things that we need to, should, should is a very Saturn word, pay attention to during this week is those things. Like, does what I'm doing have ground? Does it have bones? Yes, yes. And that is, we're talking about September 18th, just to to slap a date on there. And Saturn, of course, is in its uh, native sign of Capricorn, which makes it all the more Saturnine. And here we are talking about Pisces and Neptune, right? And now it's Saturn and Capricorn. So these energies in their native signs are super potent. Yeah. So it feels like, you know, one, to use that as your missive of, like, let me really look at, are there any I's I need to dot and any T's I need to cross? That's also very Virgo, I have to say. Very Virgo. (laughs) Because we've got Virgo in there, too, right? And when I look at Saturn stationing, I feel like, you know, the energy or the what comes to mind is reality check. Yeah. You know, this is a time to maybe check in to reality and see if those dreams and like you're saying, uh, those ideas, those creativities, the imaginings, are they sustainable? Um, do they have the legs <laughs> to really move forward into the future? And, you know, Saturn's all about or Capricorn's all about achieving. Can it really turn into something? Can you achieve something with this? Plus, I think that'll make that Mars and Virgo pretty happy too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> And it's interesting because it happens on the same week that we have the third of this year's three 
squares between Jupiter That's right. and Neptune. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. And yeah. it's a big deal that it's happening in concert with the Saturn yes. station. So that exactly is September 21st. Um, the other two times this year that we had this alignment were January 13th and June 16th. That's not to say that it's only on these three isolated dates that you would feel this invitation, but these are the strong times. And the fact that this is the last one, there's some sort of conclusion coming. Now, yes. conclusion of what? Let's sort of break this down yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, and I love the idea of conclusion. <laughs> and so let's let's talk about that. So we've got Jupiter, which is in Sagittarius. Again, it's native sign. And Jupiter is all about expansion and living large and it's glorious global and political and cultural. And then it's squaring, which means it's in conflict with Neptune in Pisces. So what, I mean, I'm just kind of feeling my way into that. What do you think? You know, I think when I think about Jupiter, I oftentimes think of growth or big, yes. right? Like mm -hmm. superlative. So there's like big Neptune, right? This big or enhanced or maybe exaggerated ah. sense of the dream, ah. you know, and so on some level, we can see how that can be beautiful, right? Like, mm -hmm. wow, I am opening to something larger than myself. Mm. Maybe this year has allowed you to tap into, you know, ways that you feel that your soul's just wafted by a longing, by mm. a desire. And how does that open you up, right, on that soulful level, that imaginative level, that compassion level, that um, creative level, the same time, or on the other side of that coin, that big dream can be this sense that, like, everybody and their uncle are trying to sell us a bridge that, like, is not for sale, <laughs> right? Like, what story oh. are we being told? Where is there smoke and mirrors? What is real and what is not? There right. we go again. And how do we discern that? Yes. You know, in this, you know, in this life, in this year, <laughs> in these current years, you know, we can see that there's a lot of just hot air, right? With yeah. people just speaking things because they're things to speak, whether they are grounded in facts or not, is another story. Yes. And when I think about Jupiter and Sag, I think about politics. Yep. So, you know, we got a lot of that going on right now. Yeah. And so it's interesting as, you know, I would say for ourselves and for people listening, like to think about this year and like what inspired you, mm -hmm. right? What was a dream that you always had that you reconnected to yeah, and maybe recommitted to? And to especially these weeks, these last couple of weeks in September to re-invite them and then also to see because of that Saturn invitation. Yeah. Okay. Do they really have bones? Yeah. You know, or was I just also fulfilled by tapping back into that? But I do need to let that go because there's a better place mm -hmm. or a more efficient way mm -hmm. to invest my energies. Yes, I love that. And I also I'm going to tie that back into the conclusion, you know, mm -hmm. maybe to think there's a full circle moment, love it. you know, that maybe there is the opportunity as things move forward that you can complete something or it goes to the next level or it becomes manifest you know, on a little bit different level. That I think that's really powerful. Yeah. Powerful way to engage with that energy. And that thing about reality, you know, <laughs> what is reality and what is a dream? Mm. You know, I think that that's also sometimes open for Interp discussion, right? Interpretation. Interpretation. 
Am I the man that dreamed I was a butterfly, or am I the butterfly that dreamed I was a man? Exactly. You know, it's like a, you know, and there's that spiritual energy where, you know, in some philosophies, life is the dream. So, you know, that that's a podcast in itself, right, to like dig into that. But, you know, those are some of the energies to maybe, as you're saying, the invitation to explore. What does that mean to you? Yeah. And perhaps to look to, oh, by the way, that quote is so perfect. Oh, well, I had that in my back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just feels like Will are, you know, maybe especially with that Saturn there, that our um, illusion balloons get popped. Our right? illusion balloons. I you like know, that. where we might see, whether it be individually or collectively, that the things that we thought were true or real really are just made up of the vapors oh. of our longings. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, I'm like going to cry there. Or maybe we see or maybe that not. They, or maybe not. Maybe actually that they actually are inspirations that we can cast into form, invoking that Saturn. Yes, and the thing about when you, anytime you're dealing with Pisces energy, there's always that danger of becoming disillusioned, yeah. right? So it's a reality check, but it's a good reality check, right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> we could just get lost get in lost that, and- Eddie. There. So let's move forward because, okay. of course, in you know, on the 23rd, the energy shift into Libra. And so we go into that. And that's also the day of the uh, fall equinox. And the fall equinox, again, this is just another shift of energy. When I think about the fall equinox, again, what comes to mind is harvest and, you know, bringing together those seeds that we've planted over the summer. This is also the time of, well, not quite, but we're, it's also leading us into the Libra full moon, which is on the 28th. So Libra time. The Libra new moon. The, yes, the Libra new moon. Yes. Yes. So what, all this Libra stuff, the equinox, the new moon, let's, let's, let's just talk about that for a minute. Yeah. And it's interesting to think like, what does that shift feel like when we shift from mm-hmm. Virgo season mm-hmm. to Libra season? Yeah. Right. I feel like there is some similarity in that both planets, planets, signs, where's <laughs> the Virgo here? Both signs do have the desire for the generation of order, if you mm-hmm. will, yes. in a very different way. Yes. But we have this earth sign that's really about structure and form and... Virgo. Virgo, moving into the social sign, the yes. air sign of Libra, where we become more oriented to the other, yes. to the beauty of relationships, to pleasure, mm-hmm. to art, mm-hmm. you know, to what is inspired and how do we find that sense of balance, justice, fairness. Yes. So that starts to come in and really connects when we have that Libra new moon on the 28th where there's the sun and the moon in both in that sign and it opens up into that. Yes. Right? So planting the seeds for a relationship, planting the seeds for like, can I find more balance in my current relationships? Yes. And also your relationship to beauty. Yeah. Libra, you know, it's very much about, you know, your aesthetic. And, you know, I think sometimes we can think that's a little bit uh, superfluous or surface, but I think, you know, one's aesthetic is a really important thing. Yes. Agreed. Say more. 
Well, I'm a Libra. As a Libra. Right, that's exactly. <laughs> I was like, I'm a Libra. I'm a very late Libra. And, you know, I, I think about when I look at my house, and it's like everything has its own little place in its own little way, which, you know, may sound a little bit like Virgo, but I have a very particular aesthetic about how I like things to look, and I like things to be in balance, mm -hmm. right? And that is a part of my relationship to beauty in the most divine sense. I also like that you talk about fairness and justice with Libra because Libra can be very righteous <laughs> when it comes to wanting things to be fair and wanting things to be just. And maybe in the new moon is to really look at, are you in balance around that? Yeah. You know, sometimes I think we can become judgmental with that energy and go to extremes, which is such a Libra thing. I, the joke I think about Libra is Libra is a sign of balance. And so I think sometimes people think, well, then Libra is so balanced. Like, Megan, aren't you so balanced? And I'm like, no. Actually, part of the Librian journey is to find balance. And so in that process, we tend to go from one extreme to another. Yes. And so where then with that Libra new moon can you set an intention to be focused upon even this question, mm -hmm. inviting in to more understanding related to balance, yes, and yes, fairness and justice, yes, you know where you want to open to a new way in relationships. Mm. What is your relationship to relationships? Like <laughs> that could be one of the invitations or the openings. What is your relationship to your relationship? I think that is so very, very Libra. <laughs> right, right. I love that. I love that. So as we're wrapping up the month, let's also talk about the end of the month because we've got a, a Pluto thing happening. <laughs> so which brings, a, you know, as the month kind of wraps up, it brings this other layer of intensity in a different way. Absolutely. So in the beginning of October, on October 2nd, Pluto. It's Pluto's turn to change directions when it will station direct, which means that the last days of September were in this strong cloud of that Pluto energy. Mm -hmm. Pluto all about death and regeneration. Pluto being about that pull to unearth, mm -hmm. to really dive into the underworld and the hidden. Yes, And it's interesting with that Saturn strong energy on the, the week of the 18th and then that strong energy at the end of the month of Pluto, as we've been talking about before, all of this is under that veil of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. In that, Capricorn. Capricorn. Yes. And so, you know, it just feels like now we're being asked as the month is ending mm. to really like strip away, strip away fall. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. that kind of stripping yeah. away, yeah. you know, stripping away sort of that <laughs> those falsehoods, those stories, stripping away our distance from looking at our shadow. Mm -hmm. You know, what can we surrender? What needs to get sacrificed on the altar because it no longer has vitality? Mm -hmm. It is no longer regenerative, which all sounds really wonderful, except when you're in the midst of like strong Pluto times when it could feel really heavy. Right. When you say sacrificed on the altar, I'm like, oh, great. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, but this, you know, this, suffice to say, this is intense. It's intense. And we've been dealing with this in and out all year. So, you know, here we go again. And it's just like, I think it's peeling an onion. You yeah. know, it's just, it's another layer of this. But yeah, it's intense. And of course, there's an opportunity, as you're saying, to transform the death and rebirth. You know, if you dig in, you know, just a lot of opportunities for illumination. Yeah. And with this 
invitation right all year and moving towards that Saturn Jupiter, no, excuse me, Saturn Pluto connection in January of 2020, it does feel like September, the second Mm. half of September into early October does give us another pivot point of awareness as to these themes and how we are owning the depth and the power of our being and what needs to be released so that we can connect to that. Yeah, and it's interesting you're talking about this as a pivot point into 2020 and January where this is going to be happening again. And I, I'm, it's so interesting you're saying that because I feel like we're starting to feel those energies of 2020, which is a whole nother conversation, but it does feel like um, significant. Yeah. Okay, we got to wrap up here and... <laughs> Before we, but before we wrap up, we need to talk about the tarot card for the month. And so this month I chose the moon mm. card. And, you know, we're talking about all of this very otherworldly energy. And the moon card really represents kind of our darkness. Now, darkness not in a evil way. I think sometimes when we think about dark, we think about evil. But darkness more about evil inward the your interior what's going on with you know like the moon in astrology represents feelings and emotions and even the soul energy right so with the moon card we're kind of forced into that darkness with the idea being that you have to go into the darkness to come out again and it's in the darkness the dark side of the moon, that we begin to find this illumination. Now, with the moon card, sometimes it's easy to get stuck in that darkness. And one of the things they talk about with this card is it can represent the past, especially in regards to like family, you know, past experiences that maybe in some way are not resonating with where you want to be. And so, again, it's the opportunity to go into this and get clear. And by clearing it out, you're not, I'm going to use the word prisoner, to these old feelings and emotions and family structures and conditionings that may have been limiting you. And in a lot of the moon cards, the the card actually shows a scorpion going into the water and rising out again. And this is the illumination that can come when we rise out of the water. The other thing about the moon card that I like, and I think it's very Piscean, I mean, actually in the Troad is ruled by Pisces, is that it has a lot to do with the magical realms. You know, when you think about moonlight, moonlight, even though it can be deceptive to some extent, it's like that's where the magic happens. You know, when you think about a full moon or being in the moonlight, it's this very kind of otherworldly, magical, even I would use words supernatural kind of energy. But again, this brings in our theme of what is real and what is not, because in the moonlight, moonlight casts shadows and it can be deceptive. So it's this magical energy, it's this deeper energy, but also we don't want to get stuck there. And we also want to make sure that it does, at some point, translate to our reality or our illumination. Mm, Beautiful card and beautiful card for this month. I think that fits well. Yeah, me too. So we're looking (laughs) at each other where I think it's time to say goodbye and wrap up for September So Divine. And, of course, you can stay in touch with Stephanie at her website, 
stephaniegaling.com. And with me at meganskinner.com. We both post a lot on Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Megan C. Stephanie's at Stephanie underscore Galing. So check us out there. And thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next month. Have a so divine September. Thank you.